Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas that are sometimes informational, sometimes inspirational, and always entertaining on Stacy Connects. Hello out there. Welcome to Stacy Connects. I am Stacy Heller. This is a show that is all about making connections through conversation. Because when we ask questions instead of making assumptions, we just might learn something. So as always, thanks to everyone that listens to the show live. Thanks to everyone that has subscribed to the podcast. If you haven't subscribed and you miss the show when you're not able to listen live, no biggie. Just go wherever you listen to podcasts and look for Stacy Connects. And heck, while you're at it, why don't you find Don't Ask Me to Talk, the show that Eric and I do on Thursdays. It's called, again, Don't Ask Me to Talk. Uh, it's a really fun show. And Eric actually gets to do a little bit more talking than he does on this show. Uh, so mom would probably be a big fan. Uh, speaking of mom, hi, mom. Uh, she and Lee are finishing up their time at the shore. Uh, I'm I'm thinking that they've been working on their tan or at least, I don't know what they've been working on, honestly. Um, being charming, I don't know, meeting boys, I don't know. What do you do when you're in your early 80s? Um, you know, um, have cocktails, play cards, and take slow walks. It sounds divine, honestly. You can call into the show live, like my mother does. The number is 425-373-5527. I'll say it again slowly, 425 373 5527. Or you can also text me at 475-999-2726. My guest today is Stephanie Rogers. She is the creative director of Story Jam. And so uh, just by virtue of the name, A, Stories, and B, Jam, um, you know, mash them all together and it's just all good stuff. So I'm excited to welcome Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie. Oh, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I mean, I am a I'm a um, sucker for a good story. Yes. So um, I'm so I'm excited to chat with you. However, first, I have to share, of course, my conversations and observations from my week. So first thing, I think my cats need therapy. So I have three cats. They are all tuxedo cats, so they're all black and white. They are not from the same litter. They are from completely different places, even states. One of them came from Cali. So one is a Cali cat, and um, actually two might be Cali cats. Anyway, so they are a fascinating mix. I have Cole, who at one point was the runt of a litter, and there is nothing runty about him anymore. Uh, I I sort of describe him as the Nathan Lane character in the Birdcage movie. You know, he's very dramatic and flamboyant and, you know, always very, like, eye-rolly and, you know, put upon. Um, and so, I mean, right there. I'm sure that Nathan Lane saw a therapist in the birdcage. 
Do you remember that movie, Eric? I've never seen it, but I oh I am just <laughs> I mean <laughs> amazed at the idea that a cat could do an eye roll. Uh, I'd oh. like to see that. <laughs> oh, a sarcastic eye roll. Oh, it is not a thing. like just looking at. Yeah, yeah. Was that a mouse? Right. No. <laughs> I mean, Cole, Stephanie, did you see the movie Birdcage? I did, and I love it so much. And it's hilarious that you have a cat that's like Nathan Lane. Yeah, I mean, you know, in a relationship with. Um, Robin Williams, who interestingly played the straight guy, and I'll do air quotes, straight guy, because they were a couple. Um, And, you know, Nathan Lane was just sort of absurd and dramatic and, as I said, very put upon. So that is Cole. So that just by virtue of existence requires therapy. Then there's Finn, who I'm pretty sure in a past life was like a Navy SEAL or like fought in some war or something. His his stance, he has little white knuckles, and so he looks like he has, like, a bulldog's paws. There's something of, like, he's walking on his knuckles all the time, and he wants in and out constantly. And rather than go, I don't know, around the house, if he wants to get to the front of the house, he feels the need to check out what's going on inside the house just to make sure we're all doing okay. He literally cases the joint. He comes to the back door. He's checking things out. He comes in. He cases the joint. He needs a little pat, take a little bit of food. Out the front he goes where he's in constant, like, look alive mode. So clearly there's some uh, PTSD there for him. Then there's Percy who, for those of you that uh, don't know the story, Percy, when I got him as a kitten, he got some uh bladder infections, which for male cats can then lead to needing a surgery, which he needed the surgery. The surgery got botched. And so he got uh, rerouted. That's what we'll call it. And so now Percy, Percy is not necessarily a he anymore. And so Percy is uh, stupid. There, I said it. Like, I'm not being ableist. He's really kind of a dumb cat and uh, adorable. I mean, really adorable. He got into a little altercation with the neighborhood um, cougar. No, coyote. Sorry, coyote. uh, And was chased up a tree. And so that was traumatic. And then trying to get the other cats to encourage him to come down, Cole took one look at him and was like, why would I want him to come down? And then Finn, of course, was like fit to be tied and I need to rescue my fellow comrade from the line of duty. So um, so at the end of that whole thing, I'm actually not sure if I need therapy or if the cats need therapy <laughs> because I actually have taken the time to think about this. Clearly, you've invented a whole <laughs> storyline for these cats that uh, I don't know that it's I don't invented, know that Eric. <laughs> would sign on to if they could talk. But, I don't uh, know. I think that they are very comfortable with this storyline. Whatever. I'm glad you have a hobby. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, which brings me to my next topic, which is being an adult is really hard. Now, I say that sort of tongue-in-cheek and also really not tongue-in-cheek. So as a kid, it was like, you know, oh, being an adult is going to be great. You don't have to do homework. You don't have to eat, you know, all of your vegetables. You, you know, can do whatever you want, whatever you want. You can wear what you want. You can drive. You've got money, all these kinds of things. Yes. And 
you don't get to sit around thinking about your cat's secret lives all the time. Um, you know, some of us do, and again, might need therapy, and some that do turn it into a movie. Um, but I am finding lately that being an adult is really hard. Watching my adult children try to figure this out, watching all of the growing pains that they're going through, and then uh, I'm going through it. I'm, you know, trying to figure out some things with my business, and I'm reaching a crossroads where I need to get uncomfortable in my business in order to grow. And, you know, I think about all these uncomfortable stages when you're a baby and you're learning to walk and you fall down a lot, or, you know, you're a preteen and your hormones are raging and you're... Uh, your emotions are everywhere and your body is awkward. It's uncomfortable. And then there's a huge period of growth. Uh, you know, when if you've had children, then, you know, your body changes and, you know, bam, a baby pops out. Um, not really that easily, but you get the drift. Um, and so, you know. You have those body changes even if you don't have kids. That's <laughs> the unfortunate yes, part. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, you know, so growth. I'm yes. doing air quotes again. <laughs> in all ways. Right. In all ways can be uncomfortable. Yes. Um, you may not be able to bend over and tie your shoes. That's right. uncomfortable. You might need new pants. Exactly. Exactly. Or wear a skirt. Um, so it's an interesting thing to go through growing pains. And I'm weirdly also reassured by it to know that I can continue to grow and experience things that are going on and be uncomfortable still. Because being uncomfortable means that I am continuing to grow and grow up and figure things out. It's scary. And it's also exciting. So I don't know what all of that means. I just know that yesterday I sort of felt like I needed to sit in a fetal position on my couch, rocking back and forth a little bit, um, you know, feeling like everybody hates me. Nobody likes me. I'm going to eat worms. And uh, knowing that I could lean into it for the night because it meant that my husband would make dinner and clean up and that this morning I was going to have to get up and grow up and continue to grow up. So, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what's going on, which is not really that funny this week, except that I think everybody can relate. Um Okay, so my Stacyism, speaking of growing up, is about reacting to things. Now, as I was thinking about these deep, deep thoughts that I think about uh, and the growing pains that our kids go through uh, or that we go through, I was thinking about how when our kids are learning to crawl or walk or whatever it is and they fall down, you know, you're told, like, don't react. They look to you to see how they should react to it. And then I thought about a situation when Annie was in middle school and some boy in her cooking class said something to her about, you know, you better get out of my way or insert something that an eighth grade boy would say here. And, you know, so she tells me this story and Annie is my oldest, and, you know, the the knee-jerk reaction is, how dare he? What's his name? I'm going to tell your teacher, like, blah, 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 blah. And instead, my reaction was, well, what did you say? And she said, well, I guess I'll move them. And she said, and then I just moved over. And it was a moment where, again, it was a teachable thing that by not reacting— 
it was this moment of letting her handle it and being like, good for you. And then circling back later and saying, by the way, you do know that if you ever feel threatened or uncomfortable or whatever, that it's not okay and that you have the right to follow up with that. And she said, yeah, I know. He's just being uh, a dopey eighth grade boy. And so, you know, um, and then we talked about the likelihood of him turning into a dopey uh, grown male and whatever. Uh, But that whole reacting thing and, you know, the things that we go through in our lives and just this idea of reacting. Even myself, I knew yesterday when I was reacting like a big baby that, you know, I can't respond to that reaction. I need to like okay, I'm going to do that over here. And I'm also going to ignore myself a little bit and let myself go and not react to it and now let it send me down a spiral for a week or a month or whatever it is. Um, You know, throw my little baby tantrum and then because I'm not reacting to it, get up and move on. So so the stasism here is about reacting and uh, letting – the people in your life, whether it's your kids or your coworkers or even yourself, uh, just giving a moment to see, do I need to respond to that? Is there anything I need to say or are they going to figure this out? I'm there, uh, but am I going to add anything of value or is, uh, is the lesson in the they figure it out themselves? So a lot of growth going on. Uh, okay, so let's take a break here. And when we come back, I'm going to be chatting with Stephanie Rogers of Story Jam. And uh, I'm excited to share some stories. We'll be right back with Stacy Connects. Do you feel challenged by the thought of getting ready every day? Want to make a great first impression, but don't feel your wardrobe represents who you really are? Does the thought of trying to find great clothing that fits your body and lifestyle have you overwhelmed? Michael Bruce Image Consulting is a premier image consulting company that can help you get your style back on track. Contact them at michaelbruceimageconsulting.com or call them at 425-214-4155 and start that conversation today. Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to stacyconnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Talk radio that will get you thinking. Alternative Talk, 1150. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Stacy Connects. I'm your host, Stacy Heller. Uh, I'm curious. I would love to hear from any of you if you're going through uh, adult growing pains and what they look like for you. You can text me at 475-999-2726. Uh, if, if nothing else... Shoot me a text and uh, just make me feel better because I'm a words of affirmation, love language kind of a gal. So, uh, Stephanie, I am curious. 
Uh, as a storyteller, there is a lot that is said about the narratives that we have, like my cat narrative or the narrative of nobody likes me, everybody hates me. Um, so how do you get into stories like you are? Well, first of all, you know, you, you're clearly a storyteller. Everybody knows that. Everybody who listens knows that. And I'm listening to the stories from the perspective of someone who studies storytelling constantly, thinks about storytelling, obsesses about storytelling. How do we tell our stories? And what is the difference between a story and an anecdote? What is the difference between an anecdote? What is, what is the difference between an essay and a story? How do we share these stories and how do we define our stories? So what you did in all of those many different stories that you just told, you, you crafted, you didn't even probably realize you were crafting stories. Um, maybe you did, did it just instinctively, but you know, setting us up like a story, there's a narrative structure that's very basic that we use in storytelling. And my, my focus is live lit personal narratives, sort of in the spirit of a podcast okay. or in the spirit of, of NPR. So we, um, we take personal narrative stories and we mold them a certain way to have maximum impact. And then we teach people the power of that impact. And we teach people to use those stories for whatever purpose they need, they need them. So for example, we've taught formerly homeless um, populations of people in Chicago. I'm based in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And we've taught formerly homeless um, folks who are involved in different organizations, how to tell their stories um, at, at the state level to gain legislation for, you know, helping those folks who um, are in transition. Okay. And so how do we maximize our storytelling? So we do it on stage as an entertainment tool, but we also use it in our podcasts and in our daily lives. So, you know, you set us up, you, you had an inciting incident, <laughs> you kept us <laughs> interested with giving emotional information and giving emotional information because in every story, there are actually two stories. There's the plot mm -hmm. of here's what's happening. One of my cats, they're all tuxedo cats and one of them does this. And here's how it makes me feel. So there's the plot line of this. The here's how it makes me feel is sort of the internal plot line mm -hmm. that was ever cooking up in your head and whatever is emotionally charging you or worrying you. And in every good story, there's a problem, right? right sure. So you have this problem. You have cats who need therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's a funny way to 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 set us up for a story you know that's a funny way to set us up and then of course we're interested and you're holding our interest interest by keeping us engaged with your own personal investment in this situation mm -hmm. and then there's a you know when you were talking about your daughter in eighth grade um it reminded me of a story i i had not too long ago just a couple years ago actually and i think you know i think every good story in every good story there's a transformation of some kind you mm -hmm. had this awakening you had this realization oh i don't need to micro mom manage every single moment and that's that's why that's a, a compelling story especially for someone who's listening who might want to be inclined to do that very same thing right yeah the the power of storytelling i find that and maybe it's the circle that i'm running in uh you know we do start to 
gravitate towards the things that are attracting us or that we're needing to learn or whatever it is. And more and more, I'm finding that in an age of social media influencers and something that feels so flat, it is the stories and the authentic sharing and the vulnerability that really attracts me as somebody looking for friends, um, products, companies, partnerships, networking, et cetera, et cetera. I'm really interested in the story. And if I learn somebody's story, then I'm more inclined to connect with them on some level. Absolutely. That's how we connect with each other. You know, stories are just emotional data, right? They're just sort of information about you as a person. And the more you open up, actually, it's funny when we go into businesses and teach, you know, corporations, we teach teams how to tell personal stories and inter, you know, inject personal stories into their own work or their sales pitches or marketing materials, or just interactions with customers. And, and there's a, a, an automatic reluctance to open up and to Mm -hmm. be a human being and to say, Hey, let me tell you about, you know, my last job when it was, you know, I was on, I was right at the, at the crux of, of losing my job. And mm-hmm. here's what happened. And if you have that sort of moment where you can just say, Hey, let, let me just tell you about my humanness, then someone else is more liable to open up as well. Absolutely. I mean, I, these days, I think it's good business to not be so focused on what uh, traditionally has been deemed good business. You know, the messiness is something that, you know, obviously you don't want the product to be messy or whatever, but we really are attracted to, you know, that that humanity side you're talking about. I was working on a blog post earlier for my website, and it's about how I have a thing for circles. Like, circles are totally my jam. I love the way that they are in uh, art. I love that it's a very simple and yet complex shape. I love the fact that it is really open um, and then simultaneously a very complete thing. And while I love them, one of the things that I commented is that in business, circles really represent data points. And so it's these data points or these experiences or these things that have happened and that there's that uh, saying in business that investors invest in the lines, not the dots, because it's not the data points. It's the connections that you've made between these data points and the relationships that you've built that people are interested in. So, you know, what you are working with people to do, working with a homeless population in Chicago so that they can be advocates for people that have been in or are in similar situations to where they have been. And to really tell the narrative of, you know, I'm not just some ne'er-do-well that won't get help and, you know, is happy living on the streets and, you know, doing nothing. There's more to the story. Absolutely. And there's more to everybody's story. You know, we are so inclined to just immediately judge everyone we see. We just do it. I'm sure it's part of our instinctual, you know, animal instinct, uh, you know, nature. But but if we do take the chance to learn a little bit more about each other, it's a way to build compassion, empathy and uh, and a community, a sense of connection with Mm -hmm. someone. I think, especially people when, so we produce a show in Chicago our, and it's called Story Jam. And 
at the show, we purposely seek out diverse voices and diverse stories. And not, as you were saying, you know, there is a discomfort in growth. And sometimes there is a discomfort in hearing stories that don't, that challenge your thinking a little bit. Uh -huh. So, but I, I think that's a success. If we're doing that at a storytelling show where there's entertainment, where there's some education, where there's a sense of community, if we're able to kind of stretch, stretch our own thinking, stretch the, you know, stretch the general feeling our general kind of biases uh -huh. that we intrinsic bias as they say our intrinsic biases if we are able to sort of stretch those and challenge those a little bit then we're doing something cool right absolutely and and to be able to have a safe space that's created to tell the story um how do you find the people how do you find these diverse voices well a lot of times we, we you know, we'll go to shows and we'll seek out new talent, but many people find us, find their way to us. And, you know, it is a little extra effort sometimes because there are a lot of storytellers. Chicago is very diverse. It's there are a lot of neighborhoods and there are a lot of storytelling shows. Actually, we have 50 to 70 storytelling shows every month wow. in Chicago. So it's pretty popular. I think it's sort of a, a hub of storytelling. There's some in New York. There's certainly some in Washington State. There's some in many in California. Um, but Chicago, I think, has more than most cities. I feel and like you need to, and here I go, I'm doing my Stacy Connects. I feel like maybe you should set up a stage at O'Hare at and have a story jam that is people's stories uh, you know, whether it's a meet cute or a, you know, I was meant to make the plane and didn't, but I met my wife or, you know, because I missed the plane, I actually, you know, survived 9-11 or whatever it is and set something up at O'Hare that is, you know, stories that are associated because O'Hare is a hub, right? I mean, it's one of the hubs when you travel. It's one of the spots. So storytelling hub. I mean, come on. That's a brilliant idea. There you go. Stacey can I didn't even have I didn't even have to pay for the consulting fee for, for that. Well, advice. and this this is why I'm going through growing pains because I keep giving it away. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I mean, you know, there are so many. I, I love the fact that, you know, I think about um I think it's in Nashville, there's the Bluebird Cafe. Where, yeah. you know, people know as songwriters that you go and you perform and, you know, somebody may want to pick up your song or pick up you or whatever as an artist. And so to have Chicago be a hub of storytelling, uh, yeah. that's a really cool thing. That's a great, that is a fabulous idea. I wonder if we'd get the audience to sit and listen to us. I mean, our stories are maybe five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes, but most people are in a hurry, aren't they? I don't know. Maybe maybe it could work. I don't know. If you have a... Uh, if you have somebody that's recording it, then, you know, it can play. Maybe there's some um, spot that you can be doing it. And uh, who knows? Yeah. You know, Great idea. It's, you know, I'm just saying just popcorning ideas, as I like to say. Um, so is this something that is uh, so you and I both know Melissa Reeves and Melissa Reeves is a storyteller as well. Um, in fact, um, my brother Jay heard her on my show back when she was on almost two years ago, and he ended up 
uh, recommending her for the corporate storytelling that you're talking about and how important it is for uh, professionals to be able to tell the story of their business, their why, for it to be compelling. Even if you're not somebody that is uh, looking for investors and you're in that you're in that forum, you're already there, you still are always selling to people. And so knowing how to tell your story. Um, so I don't know where my what my question is in there, um, but it sounds like Story Jam has a whole bunch of different angles and, and arms out. We do. Uh, we, you know, we just we're specializing in personal narrative storytelling for adults. We do work with children sometimes. So there's a program in Chicago called After School Matters, and uh, some there are some girls who have been through lots, lots and lots of trauma and challenges in that program, and we sometimes teach them storytelling. So we have a little bit of a connection to children, and we have worked in schools, but mainly we work with adults because it's a lot of, at this point, anytime you share a story, anytime anyone shares a story, they're sort of going through their own therapeutic process of healing from a, a story and getting it off their chest in, in one way. There are also lots of physical things that happen in, in the brain. You know, there's a neurological effect. There's a healing effect of kind of sharing your, sharing your story, which is why talk therapy is so mm -hmm. popular. Mm -hmm. um, but so, and so we have worked with, you know, we'll, where we'll, uh, if we work with girls who have been really through a lot, uh, we bring in a social worker or we have a social worker with us to help, you know, in case there are some moments, you know, where people feel triggered, we have professionals on hand yeah. because we're storytellers, we're not professional therapists, but, and, you know, when, when we're talking about corporate storytelling, which is what Melissa Reeves does, and she's a dear friend of mine. In fact, I'm in the process of reading her book, which will be out probably at the beginning of next year, I'm thinking, um, she's writing a book about storytelling she uh, about corporate storytelling you know we're talking about yes personal narratives but we're not talking about pour your heart out and you know and and speaking about something you're going through at that very moment because we in storytelling say tell from your wounds or tell from sorry tell from your scars not your wounds so if you're in the thick of a very difficult challenge in your life uh, that's not the time to share that story and craft that story and and make that story impactful. It's like after you've been healed a little bit more from from that story. But corporate storytelling, as well as personal storytelling, doesn't always have to be so heavy and challenling. In fact, levity really works well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah you know, joy and levity and listen to this funny thing that happened. And, you know, any story you tell, I think one of the one of the great things about storytelling, about trying to craft good stories is keep saving as much as you can. Uh, I'm saving these the secrets, like what for what happens? How did you get through something? You know, how are you going to get out of this situation? Right. That's a fun one. You know, you're in a challenging situation. How are you going to get out of it? And if you start a story and say, let me tell you about the time I was arrested and I went to jail and I got, but I got out of it the next morning. Like then you just told the whole story. So yeah, you know, price saving as much as you can. That just requires a little bit of forethought, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, and there's, 
there's that the hook uh, that is so important. I mean, who doesn't want to hear a story that's like, um, you know, have you ever been someone's phone call, uh, one phone call from jail? I mean, it's like, you know, these are the things that, um, you know, you want to hear like, wait a minute. Okay. Like, (laughs) were you? You know, who was the person? What was the situation? Who do you know that's in jail? Uh, You know, those are interesting stories. So um, now is Story Jam unique to Chicago? Do you have, do you do this? Like, how did the pandemic impact you? Do you have it in other places? Tell me more about, uh, more about this. Well, yeah. So Story uh, Story Jam is unique in storytelling because actually what we do is we take a story we get the stories ahead of time, very diverse uh, storytellers. And we also have a band, a music band on stage, a 10 piece band. So we respond to each story with an original song that we've written ahead of time. We get the stories ahead of time, cr- you know, compose a little song, a little ditty. And then it's story, song, story, song, story, song at the show. Of course, we could not do this during the pandemic. We did one online show where we collaborated uh, for an MLK Day show with Melissa Reeves and her company, Melanin Stories Matter, and then another company from Seattle called 1000 Cuts, and they're a nonprofit. Uh, They work to, you know, they work in many areas. They do a lot to to just support Black-owned businesses, Mm -hmm. people of color, BIPOC businesses. And uh, so we collaborated with those two groups, even though we were in Chicago and they were in Seattle, who cares? We were, we were all online together sure. and we, we did an MLK day show. And then, you know, we took our storytelling classes, which were all in person prior to the pandemic. And we started moving slowly online to see if storytelling could work online. I was very skeptical. Then we realized, oh my gosh, that to- this totally works online. And so now we have all of our classes online. And some of our trainings are even online. Some are in person still. And now we're excited to invite a lot of our friends, we, the friends we've made all across the country to come to a retreat. So we're doing a storytelling retreat in October at this beautiful place called Ragdale, which is an artist residency program on 50 acres of beautiful bucolic scenery outside of Chicago. It's about 40 minutes outside of the city. So we get to actually meet the people that we've connected with for the last two years online. Wow, that's amazing. Um, Okay, I want to continue our conversation, but I need to take a break here. So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we are going to talk more about uh, Story Jam and the importance of telling your story and uh, really what it can do for you. Keep listening to Stacey Connects. I'll be right back with Stephanie Rogers. Have you ever considered working with an image consultant or stylist, but were worried about what the experience would be like? If that sounds like you, then Michael Bruce Image Consulting is here to help. They've worked with thousands of people, and many of those individuals have shared their experiences by way of style stories. Go to michaelbruceimageconsulting.com slash style stories and check out what their delighted clients have to say about their experiences. Stacy Heller is many things, entertaining yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. 
She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to stacyconnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Walking your talk? Take us with you. The KKNW app makes streaming our programming easy on your phone or tablet. Hey, welcome back to Stacy Connects. I'm Stacy Heller. I'm joined by Stephanie Rogers, and storytelling is her jam. How many times do you hear that? Of course. I mean, <laughs> I love that. I love that. I mean, you know, story jam. Uh, so Stephanie's been talking about uh, Story Jam. She's based in Chicago. Uh, the work that she does with people that have stories to tell and literally giving the platform and uh, the opportunity to tell their stories. And you mentioned that there is, you know, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into this. Uh, working with the individual storytellers, I imagine, to really eke out all the salient uh, points that also can evoke whatever they're trying to share and emotion. Um, how long do you work with your storytellers before they are story ready? Ooh, it's interesting. When we first started, I didn't have uh, the, I didn't feel it was my place to con- to mess with someone's story. I thought, oh, it's their story. And even though I know a lot about storytelling and how to structure a story, I didn't want to put my hands into storytellers' stories. I, I had I had faith that their story was their story. And now I've just only in the last year realized, well, we could, it always helps to have someone else listen to your story, just like it ha- always helps to have someone else listen to your pitch before you actually pitch, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. So now this took me a little time, but I'm getting there. We're learning step by step. But now I'm realizing, yes, uh, everything could be improved by somebody listening to it. So I've um, I've now enlisted a little team of storytelling coaches and we just meet with the storytellers a few times, one time in some cases, two or three times in some cases, and to get the stories really in that performance ready space. Okay. And, and then, you know, of course, also we try to hire, so we actually have two shows and one, uh, and then a third online show. The, the two shows are, one show is our main show mm-hmm. and that's a bigger show. And that, you know, it's up to about 250 people in the audience and it's very, um, it's a popular series every month at this place called Artifact Events in Chicago. Okay. That show, at that show, I really make sure that we hire um, sort of superstar storytellers, right? So they're seasoned. Mm-hmm. Then there's our other show, which is in the suburbs of Chicago in Highland Park, Illinois. You may have heard of Highland Park, mm-hmm. unfortunately, in the news recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is at a place called Madame Zuzu's. That's more casual. So if I don't have to know and vet personally every single storyteller i do end up eventually vetting them but then our online show is is the wild wild west anyone can come and share a story and we give uh feedback to each person then that's a free online event every month interesting okay so let's say i want to talk about my cats that need therapy or this also makes me think a little bit although um it's really more poetry 
Um, it makes me think of the movie I Married an Axe Murderer and his <laughs> slam poetry. Um, but let's say I want to talk about uh, how my cats need therapy, which really is a story about how I realized that I need therapy. So I, I, I find you or you potentially find me and uh, you help kind of figure out the message a bit. Um, work a little bit, as you say, not to change the content or who I am or how I'm going to say it, but just to give some best practices. And so then I share my story, perform my story. Um, and the people that are telling the story, are they people that are looking for, let's say I want to go out and do speaking engagements, or I'm working on book material, or I'm you know, getting the story of my business. What, who are the people and, you know, why are they getting in touch with their story? A lot of these people are just, well, a lot of them come from performance backgrounds. So they want that chance to perform, but they're not doing it as much, or they don't have, uh, they're not a movie star. Mm -hmm. Those folks like to do storytelling because it's their own personal script and they can script it and act it out. But most of the most interesting storytellers are the ones who have no performance background at all, who are just regular folks. Mm -hmm. We don't, so it's funny because I have an acting background. In acting, you sort of work really hard to make yourself a blank canvas, and then you can put on a character. And how does this character move? How does this character speak? We study these things. So if it's a period piece, how would a, how would a French 1700s um, lady behave and act and speak? So that's a blank, we be, we're a blank canvas, we become a character. In storytelling, we do the exact opposite. We sort of analyze who we are, what are our personal mannerisms, and how do we live in the world? How do we present ourselves in the world? And then we kind of enhance those things. We teach a few performance techniques, like how do you use a microphone, and how do you project your voice a little bit more if you have a pretty quiet voice, or whatever you need. If you're just uncomfortable on stage, how do you get more comfortable? But all that is, it, all, all that serves is getting more comfortable so that we can see more of you like an enhanced version mm -hmm. of you on stage. These people who come to storytelling are a huge range. Most of them, some of them have amazing stories like my dad was a Holocaust survivor and here's how it affected me. Or um, I used to be a spy and now I'm, I work at a bank. Uh, and you know some oh some people <laughs> like... so those are real people <laughs> those are real people <laughs> and but how you know how um whoever comes to storytelling they have a story and if they don't have a story but they're intrigued by this as an art form they come to a class or they come to our free online event and they they start with a, a kernel of an idea, or maybe they just say, hey, I want to try this. I don't think I have any story. I actually had a dean of the journalism school at Northwestern University. I was trying to get him to do our show because he's such an interesting guy to me. Mm -hmm. He's he's a guy who was the editor-in-chief of Ebony Magazine, and now he's the dean of Medill School of Journalism. And I and I said to him, I I met him at a function for Northwestern grads, and I and I said, oh gosh, Dean Whitaker, I would love you to come and do a story at Story Gem. And he said, oh, I love storytelling. I'm intrigued by the whole the whole art form, but uh, I don't think I have any stories. And I was like, I was like, are you kidding me? So if you don't think you have a story, of course you have a story. Of there, course. Um, 
there are a million ways to find our way into that story prompts and exercises and games and we'll find those stories everything is a story we're constantly telling stories all day every day you're going to go home and tell your husband stories uh you know ab about your day and about mm -hmm. you know this thing happened and that thing happened and i'll do the same so we're always telling stories but we forget that that we are very, very interesting people. And those stories are unique to us. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I feel like, uh, I mean, storytelling as an art, I mean, for some uh, times in history, uh, whether, uh, you know, different cultures, different times, you know, storytelling is how we know the history. Storytelling is how we have background about things. Uh, you know, it's, you know, in history, it's through storytelling and through the things that are going on culturally that we really are able to take the temperature of what's going in going on in the world at that time. And the storytelling yeah. is so important in that. And it's a way of sort of documentary documenting your own life. You know, you're putting your you're kind of bringing some sort of understanding to your life experiences by thinking of them as stories. Here's this story. Here's the story. You know, we do one exercise sometimes where we we draw a straight line across a horizontal line. And then you look at that like it's timeline. Okay, birth to now. Mm -hmm. and, and then that timeline can be write down all of the houses you've lived in, all of the homes you've lived in. And then you go and you write down each home. And then there are stories associated with that. Or write down all of the people you've been in love with. Or write down all of the cats you've or animals you've ever mm -hmm. had. And those timelines are just a very simple jumping off point for documenting, documenting your own life experiences. It goes back to what I was saying that uh, those marks on the timeline are like the data points, the circles. Um, and, you know, it's the in-between that we're able to connect and create uh, the connections and the relationships. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it is, it's such a powerful thing to be able to tell your own story. I always wanted to act uh, or perform in some way. I have listeners know that I I bemoan the fact that, you know, I was essentially kicked out of band because I couldn't play the French horn. I was kicked out of choir because uh, the only position that I, the position that I was best served in was audience. Uh, I was not good at acting. I was always doing stage stuff and behind the scenes production, lighting, props, stage manager, et cetera. And, you know, uh, I finally realized it's because I don't know how to be anyone other than myself. And so, you know, apparently I just want to go stand on a stage and just start talking. Um, and, you know, maybe I'll have my moment. Uh, but with your story, you get to have creative license because no one gets to question you about the story and what you remember and what you're sharing and what you've learned and the emotion attached to it. It is wholly yours. And you could have, I'm sure, a story jam where you have, you know, uh, 15 people that are all somehow associated with a single incident and they would have 15 different stories. Oh, absolutely. That's actually really interesting. When you have, we call it duet storytelling 
and when you have two people tell tell a story from two different points of view and it could be the same story or sometimes they're just braided stories of a similar experience that one had in high school band you know oh i got kicked out of band i got kicked out of band two different experiences two different towns and two different eras even but just weaving those two perspectives together is kind of a fun little exercise but what you said about get standing on stage and you just want to you just want to stand on stage and and speak and tell your story and and share your life and that's what so many people want to do they come to this thing because it's they come to storytelling because it's creative it's a chance to 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 share yourself with an audience and if you're brave enough to go and do it and they will love you because um of course i don't mean you specifically of course they will. you don't mean me specifically <laughs> I was ready to, I'm like looking online to see like, who can fly me to Chicago so that I can do Story Jam. <laughs> no, I mean, they will love you, obviously, but they will love the the, the greater you. They'll, they love whoever you are. You know, one of our most popular storytellers in Chicago is a gal named uh, Maria Morris. And Maria, when I first saw Maria, now, <laughs> when I first saw Maria, I, I thought she gets up on stage and she just looks like an average regular person, you know, like any other person. But then she has these unbelievable stories of doing the wildest things. She was an absolute wild child. And and it's even funnier. It's even more intriguing because she looks like she's she's she is a mom. She has three kids. You know, she cooks dinner and she has a job and she has a career and she's a respectable citizen. But yet she has this wonderfully rich history that she shares in these stories. And now I'm a, a very close friend with her. But I have to say that that kind of feeling of like there was a disparity here. Wait, she's saying one thing, but mm -hmm. she looks like another thing that's just so interesting and of course the audience loves her because she shares herself she opens herself up and and they will love you too when you fly to chicago and star <laughs> in story jam <laughs> thank you for that again words of affirmation they're a thing uh well it reminds me of i was watching um i think it was uh jimmy kimmel uh recently maybe last night's show and he had johnny knoxville on and you know johnny knoxville known for all of his pranks and for all the ridiculous stuff that he did in his various uh shows and movies and whatever and you know there's a whole story to that and now he's acting and you know you you look at him and you're all of these facets you're all the same person but it shows how uh, multifaceted we all are. And, you know, when you put energy into different things, the stories that come from these different places, you know, they're all on brand and yet also diverse. So I'm thinking about this gal who, you know, uh, was a bit of a wild child and is now, like, as you say, a respectable citizen. And, you know, there is a lot of that. I mean, I'm thinking about the I'm intrigued by the spy that works in a bank, you know, like you would never know. And they're probably like the most boring uh, uh, bank employee, you know, like exactly because <laughs> they're like so happy to like not be sweating anything. And they're like, oh, my gosh, um, it's so interesting. So now Story Jam, is it something that is a um not-for-profit, for-profit? Is it something that is a uh, community forum, uh, a service that's provided? Tell me more about that. I want people oh. to know 
if they are want to know more about Story Jam and you, uh, where they can find it and what they're going to find. Oh, thanks for asking. Uh, well, it's it's at storyjamshow.com. And then our our school is storyjamstudio.com, but you can link to each one back and forth. We are incorporated. We are affiliated with a nonprofit. So that means that we do um, accept support for some of the programs we do, like when we work with the 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 city, the homeless population, Mm -hmm. you know, the previously homeless folks in the city, or when we work with schools, we do have these programs. And then we always try to, you know, in the spirit of diversity, equity, and inclusion, we always offer um, a a pay what you can fee to attend our shows. And then we always offer scholarships for our classes and for our retreats. So um, therefore we have aligned with this company called fractured atlas they they're you know so arts groups mm-hmm. arts companies align with them and then you know you you can get a, a deductible donation so through them for us and for whatever it is that you'd like to support uh, that we that we do um but anyway most that and when i found out i went to the my accountant and i was like hey how do you become a nonprofit that sounds cool let's do it that's so much like us yay yay yeah and then she said well you have to do xyz and we're just you know we're small we have a mm-hmm. small group i have two employees one is very part time and one is part time and then we have a bunch of volunteers so, so just who support our shows and who you know are part of our stuff so because of that um taking on that whole role of becoming a nonprofit was, was maybe I put, I pushed it down the road a little bit. Well, it becomes another, uh, it becomes another job. And sometimes, uh, you know, those kinds of things, uh, they end up dominating the story and then you get away from the story. Yes. And I just want to do the creative and I really don't, you know, you straddle the worlds of, of creativity and thinking and brilliant ideas and business. And I sort of have, I think I, this left side of my brain is a little, it's like not there. Maybe they, they, they didn't, (laughs) they didn't put it in. It's I've got this, but Uh uh, on the right, but I'm not sure there's much of this. So, so it's there. It's just, uh, you know, it's let's face it. It's like you're wanting to do leg day all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I just I feel like, you know, the talents that we have and whether you're left brained or right brained or, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, you're exercising certain muscles because you're like, oh, yeah, that feels good. And then the other muscles, you know, I my left side uh, might atrophy at some point. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm OK with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're all doing the best we can, but I know that my the best use of my my talents is, you know, in the creative realm and creating these shows, producing shows, um, inspiring story, teaching story, teaching the, the craft of storytelling and hopefully, you know, strengthening the craft and and getting the word out there that this is an art form. And, you know, it's a very new art form, mm-hmm. the moth on NPR started wow. about 30, 30 years ago and they weren't very popular 30 years ago. It was just a small little thing in yep. a little, in a little place, but they've grown and grown and grown. And because of them, actually the rest of us exist. 
I think. Sure. Well, and this, you know, it reminds me of, you know, good old fashioned radio, right? You know, and talkies and, you know, the shadow knows and, you know, yeah. these shows that were storytelling and, uh, you know, all you needed was an, uh, to open your ears and open your heart and you could really get really invested in the stories and the people in them and their lives and the whole thing. And um, it's a really compelling art form. And I love that you're keeping it alive and that you're supporting people that have stories to tell and their voices and giving them the stage and platform to do it. Um, Again, if you want to uh, learn more, then share the website again. It's storyjamshow.com. There you go. There you can find uh, all sorts of information about Story Jam, and you can learn more about Stephanie. Thank you for being my guest today. Of course, we're out of time, uh, but it was so wonderful to share your story and hear your story. Uh, Thank you to Eric. And uh, hey, everyone, uh, go make some stories.